Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Legal86, and I am joined by my two very special and very dear friends, Nerd Bomber and Tectic. Hello, hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going? See what I did there? I, I introduced both of you at the same time today to, as to not make one person sound any better than the other person. I'm trying to... Equality, guys. That's what I'm going for this week. See, but I believe so. this was the week where you were going to refer to me as your comrade. So, oh, see, you have to remind me about things like that. What happens, what typically happens for me when it comes to podcasts is we record an episode and then I, I upload the file and give it to you guys. And then any memory of that conversation just gets completely dumped. I, I we get the same conversation the every week. It goes with the file. Exactly. We could have the same conversation every week on this show. And every week it would be like, I was having a new conversation. That's just how bad my memory has gotten. I need to like, what's the one, what's the thing? Is it ginkgo? Is that the one that's supposed to be good for your memory? Vitamin B? Potentially. I, I have no idea. We're not, look, we're not health, healthcare professionals, nor are we vitamin experts. Uh, but we are, well, we think that we're like, you know, nerd and pop culture experts. And that's why we're here. And uh, with that in mind, this week, we're going to be talking to you about some of the latest and greatest things to hit the web as we are all still inside due to the COVID outbreak. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the first shots we've seen from uh, Dune, which is a big Denis Villeneuve movie that's supposed to be coming, I think, either late this year or next year. Obviously, a big sci-fi deal there. So we'll talk about that. We're going to be talking about something cool that Sony did uh, this week. Actually, they just announced it today, I think, to get everyone to stay at home during this uh, continuing outbreak and then of course we are going to be talking about nintendo switch specifically about uh, an update that allows you to do a cool a couple of cool things with the console if you are lucky enough to have one right now kind of uh salty about that because i've been trying to get my hands on one for a couple of weeks now and of course i have had little to no luck but anyways that's that's a discussion for later on let's get started right away with uh with these dune snapshots so i will start by saying I have not read Dune. Apparently Dune is actually multiple books, but I think the first one is called Dune. And I think that's what this one is based on. Frank Herbert's epic 1965 sci-fi novel, which takes place on the planet Arrakis. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. This is going to be a complete, complete crapshoot as I fumble through this, but the pictures look pretty amazing. You know, Denis Villeneuve, for those that don't know, uh, he was responsible for Blade Runner 2049. He's also done a bunch of other great movies. Uh, Arrival was another one that a lot of people have probably heard of prisoners is probably my favorite of his clearly a director with a very specific vision and yeah this looks like it's going to be something else now nerd bomber you have read dune yeah so about this just before a few summers ago i picked up dune because i'm really big into like reading sci-fi and fantasy books super big into like the name of the wind and um now i can't think of any but i I read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy books and i was told that i had to read dune and my nerd cred was not complete until i had read dune and i hated it like i got through it because i'm one of those people where once i start a book i will not usually quit until i finish and so it'll just take me a really long time and i think it took me like three or four months to read which for me that's that's a decently long time and it is a long book but honestly it's just dry there's a lot of world building and i usually appreciate that in a novel but there was almost a little bit too much world building and honestly i didn't really like any of the characters none of the characters were really like good people you didn't relate to them at all i didn't care about their motivations they seemed kind of just like sassy and salty and i just didn't really like like them that much 
Would you mind kind going like Tiger King? Would you mind going through the plots this way we know what we can kind of expect when we start to see trailers? You're asking a little bit too much for me given that I read the book like that's, 2 years ago. Um from, That's a very on the spot request. <laughs> from <laughs> what I can remember, I want to say essentially they're on a planet that's very sandy and there's spice that they get from this planet, which is basically like a drug or something, I think, from what I remember. And it's a very highly sought after drug. And the main character or the main character's son, honestly can't remember. This is a terrible summary of the book, but he like inherits a kingdom or like a decent chunk of this planet and then has to somehow, I think there's like worm monsters that are all over the place in the desert that can eat you. Sandworms. Yeah, sandworms. And they make the planet extremely dangerous and they make mining super dangerous i think i've seen this on the sci-fi channel this yes, you have this sounds so, incredibly familiar it's not tremors so it's if, if you're he's not saying it's it, well i'm just thinking of it, things it that have like sci-fi that those big sandworms and i know tremors also has sandworms tremors. and we did watch that a couple years ago shout out to tremors kevin bacon what, what a movie no this this in, two, in the year 2000 Boy, tech to give a good memory. In the year 2000, a Dune miniseries uh, was actually on sci-fi. Really? Yeah, but it's now, and I'm quoting the Vanity Fair article I have in front of me here. It is now, quote unquote, only dimly remembered. Uh, it's actually, it's interesting to note that David Lynch actually tried to bring Dune to the big screen in 1984 feature. David Lynch, of course, being the guy, I think he's the guy who did Twin Peaks. I had Someone that a lot of people that one. know and respect. Like, I think that one might have been okay i think it was like decently well received but it didn't like catapult according the to franchise. again quoting the article here uh it was and i quote derided as an incomprehensible mess and a blight on his filmography so it sounds okay, like so it might not, not so much thing. um well i'm gonna you know what now i'm curious i'm going to look up the rotten tomatoes score but we, we should also talk about the wealth of people who are lending their likenesses to this movie i mean you have timothy chalamet playing what I believe is the main character, uh, Paul Atreides. That I, I that might not be the right pronunciation. Again, I'm, I'll say that a million more times. You have uh, Oscar Isaac. You have Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin. I mean, they got a lot of a lot of people for this. Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, Zendaya. Zendaya. Don't know how. I, you you think I'd be able to pronounce Zendaya's name by now? But no. In any case, these people are all involved. Uh, so it's very it's really shaping up to be this kind of. Uh, this kind of event, right? And I think we're seeing, again, the effect of, like, honestly, one of the first things I think of when I look at all this stuff, maybe it's because of Jason Momoa, is Game of Thrones. Looks like they're trying to make a Game of Thrones thing, except it's a movie. And granted, we have a lot of sci-fi influence here, but like you said, it seems to be this story that's very focused on world building. Uh, They have a lot of big ambitions. Uh, It seems like a lot of characters, like they have a group shot in this article and there's 20 people in it. Well, Something like that. That but was like the it's... thing with the book. From what I can remember, uh, there was a lot of world building, a decent chunk of like jumping perspectives. So you didn't really get a good handle from the book perspective of really like one character, because as soon as you would kind of right. get into their groove, it would jump to someone else. I, I could be totally talking Which out of my butt. Which is the problem I had with Game of Thrones, by the way. For whatever reason, like, it worked a little reading... bit better with the Game of Thrones novels, for me at least. My, my, like I said, Dune is a very beloved world. And I think if you read more than just the first book, because people are telling me like, oh, you have to commit to the series. And I think that the world is really what a lot of people latch onto because it is super interesting and he does a great job building the world. And there's a lot of detail there. It just makes for a very slow read for the first book. So I'm wondering like maybe if they can fill it out with a good 
cast of characters, the great actors who are compelling and will draw people in. And then you already have all of the mythos from the books. Just pull it in and maybe develop the world on screen and see how it goes. Because I think it it is ripe for development. I think it could become like a Game of Thrones type franchise or like a Lord of the Rings type I mean, thing. Isn't Dune, isn't the first book like, isn't it really long? Oh yeah, it's super long. So, so, so like if you're asking me, if, if you're telling me, oh, like it's, it's like a lot of people say this about TV shows too. They're like, oh, well, if you can make it through the first two, two seasons, you'll have a great time. It's like, I don't have that kind of time. I feel the same way about this. It's like, if this book is like 500 pages, by the time I get to the end of it, I'd better be enjoying myself in at least some way, or you're not going to convince me to pick up another 500 page book. You know, maybe that's just me being a curmudgeon, but this this looks super cool. I mean, I did not see Blade Runner 2049 actually, because I did not. This is, this is a hot take. This may be the hottest take I've dropped on this podcast. Blade Runner, the first Blade Runner is like one of the most overrated movies in the world. So on principle, I did not see Blade Runner 2049. I'm sure I'm going to get some Twitter <laughs> comments about that just now, and I'm I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, but I do like Denis Villeneuve, uh, again, based on the other movies that I mentioned that I have seen. He's, pro- he's almost certainly the right guy for this, based on what I have seen. The question is whether he can work with a large cast, because this is, I think, a larger cast than he's ever worked with. But if he can do that, he should be good. Now, I did pull up the 1984 uh, Dune Rotten Tomatoes got 53 so pretty much right down the middle so you were right in our bummer uh critics consensus this truncated adaptation of frank herbert's sci-fi masterwork is too dry to work as grand entertainment but david lynch's flair for the surreal gives it some spice so like you said super super dry did you check the the miniseries uh well i'll tell you what let me do that right now if i can manage to navigate rotten tomatoes dune 2000 william hurt and some other people uh, no consensus yet. Audience score 74%. So not too bad. But the critics apparently did not feel the need to um, to weigh in on this one. Can we talk For about reason. Jason Momoa without a beard, though? Like, I don't know why it's, it's like weirding me out as much as it is. And I know that men can shave their facial hair and it shouldn't be a big deal. But he looks drastically different. And I don't know if there's just a bunch of like makeup going on here and I don't know. He just looks so different to me. This photo looks, it almost looks like, you know, those where people do paintings and drawings, but they're like photorealistic. It looks like that. Exactly. Like it looks like it's not an actual photo. Um, in fact, are we sure? Well, yeah, it's, it says photo by someone. So yeah, it, it is a photo, but it, it it's like he took his entire beard off his face. It's like that rocket mortgage commercial where he takes off his arms and his legs and he's just a skinny guy. It's like that, but he gave his, he took off his beard and he handed it to, um, to Oscar Isaac. And Oscar Isaac put it on his face. Which, by the way, Oscar Isaac's rocking it. He looks amazing. Um, Oscar I Isaac is everywhere, bit. by the way. He is. I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan, actually. Not just because of Star Wars. Uh, he's in this great movie called Ten Years, which is a very, I think, underrated movie. People probably haven't even heard of it. They haven't seen it. But it has a bunch of famous people in it. Chris Pratt, Justin Long, Oscar Isaac, a uh, bunch of other people whose I can't think of off the top of my head. Anthony Mackie. Great movie. It's about a high school reunion. He's in it. He's great. But I want to talk about the nose things that are going on in these photos. So it seems like a overarching concern for all of these characters is that this planet is is real dry, real sandy, and everyone's wearing what looks like the things you wear at the hospital that they put in your nose, little plastic things that they put one little thing in each nostril and it gives you oxygen. Uh, but these are black, much more obtrusive, and um, they don't look comfortable. So 
nerd bomber as the resident dune expert here <laughs> which a title which i don't think you asked for but you nonetheless have <laughs> so can you weigh in on that from what i remember that first of all the the planet that they're on is very dusty and full of sand obviously you've got sandworms it's just a giant desert and they also have a drug called spice and i think the people who uh, go out into the desert to harvest spice use the nose plugs to make sure they don't inhale any of it themselves could be wrong but okay, i think so i'm plugs. right plugs it's not it's not providing anything it's it's just a real long plug it, it might thing. be a filter or it might be like an air filter they might have like an air pack on their back i honestly don't remember i probably should have researched i don't know why i just assumed that you had read the book eh. Eh, it seems like the kind of thing i would read honestly that's right because i know i know you read a lot of those type of books and like got really into the star wars novels so like oh yeah he probably already read dune oh i did well i will i will say looking at these photos and by the way if people are wondering what this terrain looks like uh it was filmed in jordan so if you've been to jordan i assume most people have been to jordan that's what i'm looking at very tatooine-ish kind of thing i mean tatooine was tunisia but you get you get the idea sandy desert with some mountains i will say zendaya zendaya i'm so sorry to you that i've said your name wrong this many times she's rocking the nose thing she's the only one in these photos who looks like she's supposed to be wearing it uh and it's it's going well for her so shout out, shout out to her everyone's wearing it looks like i'm trying to figure out how to describe these black suits which i assume are the minor things it looks like it looks like we have two classes uh here we have the minor class which is like the people who are in the black suits and then you got the people like oscar isaac josh brolin who are wearing like it looks like it looks like if you took a, a a suit of armor that like a knight would wear and then you like put it in space. It looks really cool. I will say that. The suits look great. The the minor suits look kind of like biker. Looks like if a motorcyclist, like a high speed, like someone who was in a motorcycle race was wearing it in case they fell off their bike. Like a lot of padding, a lot of hard plastic, all very dusty as you mentioned. I'm I'm pretty into the aesthetic generally it's promising a lot in terms of like you like you said it, assuming world building is a big deal here it's promising an awful lot and i'm sure the photos were released uh very specifically as like this is we want to like get hype going so i don't know what what's your guys are you going to see this movie based solely on these photos and what you've heard and i guess nerd bomber based on your experience with the books so i guess i'll go first i'll probably see it I feel like I have to because I slogged through the book. So it's just like now my rite of passage to slog through the movie, whether it's good or bad. But I will say from these photos, it makes me lean a little bit towards the fact that it'll be better, I think. At least it'll have good production value, whether or not the script will do enough to kind of convey more action than the book does. And apparently like the older movie does, that is yet to be seen. But from the costumes and the setting and the actors, I'm sold. I'll see it. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for a good cast, and that alone has me into it. Yes, I've seen the series, but it's a foggy memory at best, and I'm all for a new world and kind of see what Hollywood studios can provide to us. So I will also most likely see it, I suppose, pending pending what the reviews look like. It's the kind of movie that if I if it came out and I saw that it had like a 20% Rotten Tomatoes, I'd be like, eh, maybe I'll wait. But I mean, it's got a great director, a great cast seems to be putting its best foot forward uh music composed by Hans zimmer also i'm a big Hans zimmer fan and it's slated to release december 18th 2020 so hopefully by then we are able to go to the movie theaters and see this um because yeah it sounds like we're all on board and for what it's worth when you google the movie as i just did to find out what the release date is the one line summary is 
Paul Atreides, again, might be mispronouncing that. Paul Atreides leads nomadic tribes in a battle to control the desert planet Arrakis. So, sounds like it could be a very class warfare-y kind of thing. And yeah, we haven't seen anything about the sandworms, of course, and that sounds like that'll be a major factor as well. So I imagine there's probably saving sandworms for like this giant reveal, whether it's the end of a trailer or part of the movie. I have a feeling that it's going to be like the end of the trailer, though, where all of a sudden they'll be like staring at the sand and giant sandworm pops out like. I really hope it's an incredibly underwhelming sandworm. It just flops around. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't even touch them. It's just kind of like rolling around in the sand. Or it's like real worm shaped, like size and everything. Like what you see in your garden. I'm just me. I'm hoping it's like the um, remember the worm from SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, where they put where they take the town and move it somewhere else. Yeah, but SpongeBob that was a huge worm. Back. Anyways, yeah, you, I'm hoping it's huge. But I you're, you're hoping for the same cartoon quality too. That's I'm hoping for literally the exact same worm, cartoon quality and all, <laughs> to be in this movie. I think it's pretty unlikely, but we'll see what happens. So December 18th, Dune is coming to a theater near you. So be sure to check that out. Now circling over into the world of video games, um, let's talk about the console that I have, which is the PlayStation 4. And let's talk about Sony's Play at Home initiative. Uh, great news for all PlayStation 4 owners out there. Um, Sony has announced the Play at Home initiative, which will make both Journey and Uncharted the Nathan Drake collection uh, completely free. You don't need PlayStation Plus. Uh, anyone who has a PlayStation and internet connection can download these games and uh and play them so you know at face value this seems incredibly cool and like a pretty good idea i have already played uncharted and it's one of my favorite games if you haven't played it yet i would strongly recommend it i have not played journey which i've heard good things about doesn't seem like my kind of game but i don't know what about you guys are these well it sounds like you guys have uncharted already but would you download journey and give it a shot so I'm kind of on the same boat as you where Journey doesn't seem like my cup of tea, but Uncharted has been on my backlog of something that I am very much excited to delve into. And even though we already have it, it's no excuse for me not to play it anytime soon. It's Uncharted is fabulous. I mean, I mean, we've already talked about, about The Last of Us, which these are both Naughty Dog properties, and they're just doing something right. I mean, Uncharted 4 is probably, it's without a doubt in my top 10 video games. I don't know if it's in my my top five is a pretty elite list. So I don't know if it's in my top five, but it's 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 right in there. I think Uncharted Two is widely regarded as the best one in the series, and that one's pretty good as well. Uh, but the collection, you know, that, that'll keep you busy for a while. It's good old fashioned Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah, Nerd Bomber. What about you? We've, I mean, obviously we've had the Nathan Drake collection for a while. I just haven't gotten around to playing it. Uh, I, I've seen some decent things, like you said, about Journey. I don't know if that's completely up my alley either, but I wouldn't be opposed to giving it a try. I guess I have two comments, one good, one bad. Uh, the one bad is that both of these were already given away as PS Plus games a while back. So if you're yes. a PS Plus subscriber already, you're not really getting much because you already got these games. However, I do think it is an awesome thing because, as we know, not everybody has PlayStation Plus, and I think it's just a really good incentive, especially the Nathan Drake collection. I feel like that's really good for escapism, and there's so many games rolled into that one package that it really could tide someone through for a month or so just playing all of those games. If that's all you did, like, nonstop, 
it would probably take you a while. Yeah. So I think that's a really good distraction. And I think what they're doing here is a really good initiative. I mean, we've obviously, we've seen a lot of good sales and we've seen a lot of other like developers and stuff already putting their games on sale or giving them out for free. And it is nice to see people doing this because I think even the World Health Organization now has said that gaming is a great way to get yourself through this yep. because it is. It's a great escape. You don't have to think about the real world. You don't have to kind of think that you're locked in your house. You can go visit other planets, other countries, whatever. Go pretend like you're Indiana Jones and have an adventure. And it's a great time to do that, I think. it's Yeah, Uncharted is end-to-end a very cinematic-leaning experience. I mean, I think there are a handful of quick-time events. That's not what the game is about. But it's just a lot of a lot of set pieces, you know, you're, you know, you're, you have a train robbery and the train explodes and it's hanging off a cliff. I think that's how the second one starts. They're fantastic. Like you said, great for escapism. I think journey, my understanding of it is that it's shorter, but it's very like, I'm trying to think of, of a game for comparison that like, it's not narratively intense. It's kind of slow moving. It's very serene. So like if, in terms of like a low stress experience, that's probably, the kind of thing that you'd be looking for but yeah like you said about the who like basically saying stay inside and play video games i think this is you know like you said unfortunately these are games that playstation plus members already had access to but nonetheless i'm a big fan of the gesture and i, and I haven't even mentioned to it it's kind of a two-pronged attack because that's that's one of the things they're doing as part of this initiative but another thing that they're doing is they're actually setting aside 10 million dollars to support indie partners and indie devs hasn't really said how they're going to distribute the money yet but um it is promising uh especially for uh things like the ps5 to say we want to keep indie developers involved i don't know if journey was an indie dev necessarily um and if that's like the tech because uncharted certainly wasn't um but nonetheless it's a nice gesture and honestly it has that feel to me i think it's a great gesture too not only just so that they can keep indie games on their ecosystem but also because i mean i can't imagine how small studios are surviving right now it has to be so difficult because now everyone has to work from home they probably most likely did not have the technology or weren't set up for that a lot of remote working so having that money donated to any indie studio i feel like could go a really long way and keep some of those studios that are giving us really great games that are kind of flying under the radar but are great experiences is super great so i like that gesture a lot yeah and i I did look it up journey is like it's it's literally described as an indie adventure game uh the developer is that game company (laughs) so i doubt you've ever heard of them so um yeah, kind of a nice little little tandem thing there. You know, they're obviously putting their money where their mouth is saying, here, get a taste of indie games. And at the same time, we're going to donate some money to them as well. So super cool. Um, stay at home if you can. If you have PS5, PS4, PS5 is not out yet. Um, if you have a PS4, try these games out and let us know how they are. They're available from April 15th to May 5th uh, for free. I think April 15th is the day this comes out. So yeah, you can pause the podcast right now and go download it. Uh, go download either one of them or both of them and, and try them out. So do let us know how they are. And this is a good time to plug our social meds. Uh, of course, we are all on Twitter because that's the world we're living in these days. Uh, I am at OWIllegal86. We have at OWNerdBomber and at OWTechnic. And uh, we're always down to chat with y'all about all things games and movies and sundry, this or anything else. So hit us up. Um, 
we are going to step off for a short break here to shout out our friends. But before we do that, I want to also shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Uh, ben has been supporting us for a while. If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard his name many times before, and you're about to hear it again. Ben has been a very loyal supporter of ours. We want to thank him very much. And he has been supporting us at our highest level of Patreon support, which is the night level. And as a result, Ben gets access to our monthly secret segment and vlog, of course, but he also gets a producer shout out in every episode, input into our weekly game segment, and also the occasional guest spot. But if you're not as cool as Ben, uh, that makes sense. Ben's pretty cool. You can also support us at the Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, or support us at the page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So if you want more of the details on that, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Uh, we would super appreciate it. We love doing this. Hopefully this is just another thing you can, you can absorb podcast and media wise as we work through this crazy time together. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be right back after this short break. want to know things about video games how about consumer oriented reviews honest opinions hot takes and predictions well you're listening to the right ad introducing the lit gaming arena podcast season two we bring you two episodes every week terminal news which focuses on all the latest gaming news you'll ever need and the lga cast where we talk about all the games we're playing in the gaming industry in general and we do not hold back any punches we also have the occasional wacky guest, so don't miss out. Subscribe to us today. You can find us on our website, lga.gg, and on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. Again, that's the Lit Gaming Arena podcast at lga.gg. Okay, welcome back. Um, we are going to talk now about a console that I don't yet have. Uh, but you guys do have, uh, so you might be a little bit more in the driver's seat on this in this conversation. So this today, the day that we're recording this, April fourteenth, uh, there was a new Nintendo Switch update released, uh, a firmware update um, that essentially will is going to allow its users to do a number of things. I think most importantly of which, uh, you can actually transfer downloaded games from system memory to an SD card or vice versa to free up storage, uh, which I don't think you could do before. And you can actually remap buttons on the controller, which also seems pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, the transfer, the memory transfer thing, I think people have been asking for that for quite a while. So that seems like a big deal. I mean, for you guys, does that change up? Have you, has storage been an issue? I guess, let me start there. Has storage been an issue on the Switch for you guys? So my main question is with respect to Animal Crossing. And I'm wondering if this will open up the possibility to have more than one island on a single console. And what I mean by that is, let's say you had one save file saved to SD card one, and then another save file, would it let you save another file to SD card two such that you can have two islands, one console? So from the way that I understand it, because I did look into this when you asked me before, it's that currently the Animal Crossing save file is written and linked to the console itself. It's not so much to do with where it's saved. Like it, it doesn't matter if you save the file on the SD card or whatever, it's linked to the console. So even if you take out the SD card, that island will forever be linked to that console. It doesn't matter. 
unless they patch what it. What if you put the SD card in a different console? Right, and that's why I think there's going to be a either if it, if a mechanic think, breaking moment or I think something. it asks you if you want to overwrite it. Oh yeah, that would make sense. So, I would I would be surprised if the switching worked. I mean, a lot of people have complained about this. Actually, there was a Kotaku article today about how it was such a crappy mechanic to have it linked to your console. Because, like, even forget the fact even having multiple people on the same island and the trials and tribulations that that may cause. Um, but if you're getting a new, which console, you guys have experienced. I mean, there, there are some. We, we've kind of worked out the kinks, but there are a few things like, for example, there's a daily money rock, which sounds stupid, but basically you hit rocks to get resources in the game. And so usually you it get... That sounds stupid. <laughs> I mean, usually Sorry. you get like stone or iron so you can craft things. But there's one rock per day on the island that will spit out almost 20,000 bells of money. And bell is basically the equivalent of a dollar. So there's one money rock on the island per day. And essentially only one person can get that which isn't super fair unless you make a plan to share it which i don't i just claim my money rock and run away um in all fairness you did buy you the game I d- about- I, no we haven't had fights about it but i mean it's mostly because i purchased the game so he's like a resident but it would be nice if say tactic wanted to have his own island and just start from scratch he literally cannot do that and that is kind of a bummer right. because especially like player one in animal crossing and that's a good and too much of a tangent here but first player really does have the main story progression like any tasks that need done around the island you are the person who is given that task it's player one player two just kind of derps around the island they don't really have any special instructions and there aren't games that are like that i mean that's it's a weird choice for animal crossing to make and it almost seems like a conscious one of like they're like all right this would be a great way it's like it's almost like nintendo came to animal crossing developers and was like look we need people to buy more switches so make sure they can only have one like primary save game on a console that people just buy a bunch of consoles and like it is kind of weird though because they do have the switch Lite, which for a lot of people that i know who bought the switch Lite, they bought it because they want additional portability they don't want to lug their actual big switch around and they can't like they can't take that island with them then they have to make sure that they log in on their home stationary switch or start brand new on another one which no one wants to do that it's so much work right. to establish an island on one you're not gonna i mean unless you're really i don't even know i guess you could farm stuff and send it to yourself in the mail i don't even know how that so would work if you guys don't know how the old animal crossings used to work all of the previous games you saved it right to the game um disc it didn't have an sd card and then the game it was saved right on to that slot you know in the se- in the sense of the nintendo cartridges has always been this rectangular thing and so right. when you swapped your game around your save file came with you no matter what you plugged it into and now that wholehearted thing that animal crossing was always loved for is non-existent well but was it was it could you only have one save file per cartridge or could you have multiple save files yeah like that, it was only it was only issue. it was only one save file per cartridge so See, that seems like the issue to me so you, even even back then you'd have to get two cartridges in your situation you have to get two cartridges right yeah, which pick your poison, stupid to me. right do you want two cartridges I, I or two no consoles poison. i picked neither of those and i picked the reasonable option which is you can have multiple save games on one on one gaming setup like that just i feel like that should i mean how many games are there where you can't have that it seems like many. they basically took the old Game Boy cartridge idea where, because I think with 
I don't remember. Did the older Nintendo consoles, did they have storage on board? I don't remember at all. I don't remember either. I mean, I know I, I, all I remember is that we got memory cards when we went to GameCube, but for N64, I honest to God do not remember. Because I know like a lot it's of the reason why they were writing to the cart was because, uh, at least I know for the Game Boy, I didn't have the other like home consoles for Nintendo. But with the Game Boy, there is no storage on the actual Game Boy itself. It all had to be right. stored in the cartridge. So it had a little memory chip in it. And so for that reason, I could understand for the older games. But now, like you said, there's just no reason for that. There's no, yeah. I mean, yeah, Game Boy too. I mean, Game Boy, I'm not sure how many Game Boy games there are where you can have multiple save games. That's It's it's certainly less, I would think. But like, yeah, we're in a day and age now where like, come on. But here's like, the thing. This circling, just seems like a conscious choice to me. Circling back to the major point, if they are in fact reacting to everyone's gripes, then the SD card transition is the best solution of everything, right? That's what it should have been all along. But and I don't know if they're doing it. I don't know if it applies to Animal Crossing. Well, I was just, what I'm saying. That's what I was Me just neither. about to beg. I say I was going to say, hey, Animal Crossing creators, please, please, please make it apply to Animal Crossing. The one thing to pivot back to, to the, uh, the button mapping on the controllers, that to me is huge because, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever actually do it myself because I think it would throw me off not having the letters on the actual pad match up with what i'm pressing on the screen but the a and b button on the nintendo controller is switched like you know how on your playstation or xbox controller you always hit the bottom button in the diamond and that's what you'd hit to like hit okay to advance through the text right with the nintendo switch that button is now your right button and going back and forth between consoles is super jarring. Like, I legitimately, it takes uh, yeah. me five minutes every time I switch from one to the other because I don't know what button I should be pressing. I just feel totally disoriented. So having that button mapping, I feel like that's a good solution to something that should never have even been instituted in the first place. I think swapping the I, A and B button was just a terrible mistake. It's not like, obviously, well, something so I, that would ruin your experience, but it's annoying. I experienced this exact thing you're talking about i when i came home for the holidays my brother has a switch and i had played overcooked 2 with Hayes on the ps4 and like we'd gotten really good at it and i was talking a big game and i was like because i knew they had overcooked 2 on their switch my brother and my sister-in-law and we were like yeah we'll play it let's do it and we played on their switch because my playstation was wasn't there and they wiped the floor with us because they switched the freaking buttons and Overcooked is like a very fast-paced game, and you have to know what you're doing. And so, like it—that's all it took. We were toast. So yeah, I can imagine that would be frustrating. And this button remapping thing seems super key. I mean, you can—what it says here is, yeah, you can set up to five presets, so you can even switch back and forth between them pretty easily. It sounds like. So seems like a cool thing. Uh, I don't know RE Animal Crossing. You know what what the deal is with that, but I'm at the point where I really want one. That's like, like something I want to tack onto this news item is that I have been actively every day, tw every day, twice a day, I go online looking in my area and on Nintendo's website to see where switches are available. And that's been happening for at least a week, probably closer to two weeks. So and I have a terrible, no terrible told you so moment here, but I feel like I've been telling you for the past year, year and a half. To just buy a Switch, man. And here we are. I know. And you didn't buy the Switch. You just got to listen to me. Well, we're in a situation now where I'm very, I'm very lucky. Let me start by saying that. I'm spending a lot of time at home. And 
I'm actually using a lot less of my disposable income than I used to uh, because we're at home all the time. And I was like, this is a perfect time for me to buy one of these and, you know, spend some good quality time with like Luigi's Mansion 3, you know. It's not a perfect time because they're 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 gone <laughs> and I don't know when they're coming back. And and it was kind of the perfect storm in terms of the fact that obviously COVID happened, but even before COVID happened, Animal Crossing, like Animal Crossing dried up their stock in a big way because people were like, well, I, Animal Crossing is coming out. I have to buy a Switch now. And it's that big of a deal. So um, if anyone knows of anywhere to get a Switch, hit me up on, on Twitter. Uh, I'd love to hear about it because I'm, I'm actively seeking one out. So let's, we can move on now to What Are You Up To Wednesday. That's, that's kind of half of my updates. I've been looking for a Switch. Uh, the other half is, boy, oh boy, Dishonored 2 is, is challenging. So I, have, I, I think I'm about halfway through. I just finished Mission 4, and I think there are eight or nine missions in the game. And um, I have only killed one person. I will say that much. I am what you would call an un, uh, 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 unstealthy pacifist. Like the, what, what the cool thing that the game does is they put you on this, this graph um, that's like it's two axes, just like a Cartesian grid to get to, get, to nerd out for a second. And the x-axis is from like unstealthy to stealthy. And the y-axis is from lethal to uh, like pacifist or something. Whatever not killing people is. And I am all the way in one corner in that I'm detected by everybody, but I don't kill anybody. And I actually, I sent you guys both a, a, a picture of it, uh, I think yesterday. I can't do stealth games. Like I, someone has to sit down and teach me. And that's the only way it's ever going to happen for me. <laughs> but I'm having fun. It's a great game. Hey, as long uh, as you had fun, you won. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm having fun. I haven't killed anybody. I'm still, I'm low chaos, which is an important thing in that game because it, it reacts to how much chaos you cause. If you kill a bunch of people, I think in a lot of ways the game gets more challenging and I haven't really, I killed one person at the beginning on accident basically because I didn't know what, I didn't know how the buttons worked even though I played Dishonored 1. So I'm happy about that. I'm really digging like the whole vibe the game has going on. The music, the like, it's like Sherlocky music and like you have the folding blade and the crossbow and you just like, I chose to play as Corvo and like, you just feel super cool, even if you're super bad at staying hidden. So I'm enjoying it. I'll probably give another update on it next week. Maybe by then I'll have finished it. Uh, but who knows? I'm also like, I think I've put in like nine or 10 hours at this point. I'm only four missions in because in as much as I'm unstealthy, I take my time a lot <laughs> trying to be stealthy. And then I, like I stick my head out from around a corner and everyone sees me and the effort of like 20 plus minutes is just totally gone. I just want to say your screenshot of that game basically says you just walk around. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's right. You responded, guys, I sent a Snapchat and you responded. So you're just going up to people and waving at them. And I might as well be doing that. Like, like I do. I try so hard. I try so hard. I'm like up on top of like a cabinet, like watching everybody, like trying to watch their patterns because they're NPCs, right? They have patterns that they walk. It shouldn't be hard to figure out. Oh, there's find the gap in the pattern and go through it. Or like, and you like choke them out and do whatever you have to do. And yeah, it sounds easy. I, I, I can't get it done. I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I, every time I played a game like Dishonored, I always at least once think to myself, if I were to make a Twitch channel, it would be for a game like this, where I would just go on and, and, and it would be called Illegal Does Stealth. And I'd be trying to do stealth and I would just be so bad at it that it would be comedy. 
So and I'd I'd clean up. So to that point, I totally am there with you. In The Last of Us, when you I'm in yeah. a room surrounded by clickers, and they're like, "Be very quiet." I literally throw a grenade and go, "Surprise, motherfucker!" <laughs> and they all just come how rushing is, at me. <laughs> so how is the? Because I I remember The Last of Us. I there was a, a mission very very early on. Like you're still in Boston. Like I'm not even out of Boston yet, and I'm trying to get by some clickers. And it took me like 10 tries. Like I could, same situation, could not do it. So yeah, to transition into your update, I don't know if that's what your update is going to be, but how is that going for you? The game's good. I uh, I haven't played it in a while. I've just been busy with other stuff. Um, I'm out of Boston. I'm at the point where, and sorry if there's some spoilers, but I'm at the point where he's basically being taken care of and you're playing as Ellie. Okay, yeah. You, oh, you're pretty far then. Yeah, so that's I'm- like I'm, Colorado. Yeah, I'm almost done with the game completely. Um, but- I just haven't played it. I've been working Your on actual, some more fun stuff like yeah. uh, that box that I told you guys about last week. It's pretty cool. Is that, is that the extent of the box update or do you have do you have more to say? Uh, the box is done. It looks, it has building trusses and everything. It looks like a if I took a shed and hit it with a shrink ray is the exact build of it. I have not gone to the hardware store. So the fact that it's made of entirely scrap lumber is kind of interesting. Um, but that's basically been it. It's been that and playing video games here and there. And I did find a neat way to get a lot of bells very quickly in Animal Crossing. And here's the trick. Take notes. So what you need to do is go to an island. And then when you get to the island, cut down all of the trees except for the four palm trees at the corners of the island. Then pick all of the flowers and dig holes literally everywhere in the green space so that no other bugs can spawn. And then the only bugs that can spawn are atlas moths, and they were continuously, continuously, continuously spawn on the palm trees, giving you instantaneous bells. You generally get around 90,000 bells per visit, so pretty good. There you go, life hacking. Uh, Nerd Bomber, what do you have? So I have been playing this game called Journey to the Savage Planet, And this game actually came out fairly recently. It's by a studio called Typhoon Games. This is actually their first game, and they were acquired by Google Stadia in December of 2019. And the game is a lot of fun. So it got released on Game Pass, I think, last week. So I figured, oh, you know, I finished another game. I I wanted something a little bit different because it was an indie game that I'd played before. So I wanted to do something... not so much side scrolly dialogue based, just something kind of like fun, colorful shooter. And this game basically, you are an intergalactic explorer and you're working for this company called Kindred, who sends a bunch of explorers out to different planets to basically just search for another home for humans to go. And so you get to this planet. And you have literally nothing. You have to use a 3D printer and materials that you find on the planet to craft stuff like guns, jetpacks, different tools that you can use, like a grappling gun, all that kind of stuff. And there's no intelligent life on the planet, but there is a big alien-made spire. And the people at back at home are saying like, oh, you know, the there it seems like there's a big energy source in this spire. Like, go check it out. Collect as much information as you can about the planet. Like, scan all of the flora and fauna. Gather as much data as you can. Craft whatever you want. Find some fuel because they don't even give you fuel to get back to Earth. Um, find some fuel. Get yourself home, and figure out what this planet's all about. 
And so basically you leave the ship and initially you don't really have much of a mission. You're just exploring until you see the big spire and they give you a little bit more to go on. But it's pretty much open worldy. Um, the game has a really good sense of humor because your only companion, even though you can, I think you can play it co-op, but I'm playing it solo right now. Um, the game gives you a companion, by the way, of a very witty AI. It almost reminds me like the the AI um, in Portal, you know, that kind of like humor. Okay, yeah. And in the ship, there's a bunch of like crazy commercials for futuristic products and stuff like this weird goop that you eat as food. And just a lot of like crazy commercials that are super zany and wacky. Meat buddy. Yeah. Um, and then basically you Meat just buddy. you explore the planet. You grapple around. Um, you can kick things and slap things. And even like when you pick your character in the beginning, I thought it was funny because they're like, "Oh, you just woke from an intergalactic slumber. What? Which of these photos looks like you?" And there is a picture of a dog, so I picked the dog. And now forever, all of the noises that I make, I make dog sounds. Um, you you eat little like orbs around the planet that you use to power up, and it's just it's a really funny game. It's super colorful. Uh, there's a lot of platforming, which for me. Um, I'm, I enjoy platforming, but not when you can like fall into an abyss and I fall into the abyss quite a lot. So I'm like always kind of on edge playing it, but it's still, it's a lot of fun, super humorous, um, just very cute graphics too. all of the, the animals that you encounter on this planet are like super cute. There's like little puffer bird things that look like a balloon and you can like kick them and they all love you for whatever reason. So they just like run up to you and want to be in your way, which is kind of annoying, but they're super cute and they meow a lot, which Tectic does not like. So annoying. Um, But it, it, I think it has the humor of like Borderlands and Portal. The art style is very cartoony and vivid i'd say a lot of like purples and oranges and just bright poppy vivid colors um for an indie studio i would say it's super it's a very impressive first effort i'm having a lot of fun with it i've heard it's relatively short like it's only like a 15 hour game but i could definitely see like i think i'm six hours in right now and i can see myself just getting lost romping around the planet because it's fun and it's, it's just interesting there's a bunch of different areas there's like an ice section of the planet there's waterfall sections. You're, there's like magnetic things that you can zip line off of. It's so it's a lot of fun. I definitely would recommend if you want something kind of like light and cheery, that's just kind of open worldy and doesn't really helm you in. I would definitely check it out. Well, there you have it. Um, incidentally, uh, you mentioned Meat Buddy. That was interesting because that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> Don't, elaborate. Really? Don't elaborate. Don't elaborate at all. <laughs> everyone, everyone, call me Meat Buddy. Oh, there's Meat Buddy walking down the hallway. Um, I have so many again. questions. I, just, I made it up because I thought it'd be funny. Uh, Tactic, you have a game for us today. I do. I believe it's your turn. So today's topic is X-Men trivia. And I've got five questions ready to go. All are going to be Prices Right style. And we're going to see who Ooh, is the true mutant. So like we do every week, ladies first. And we're going to round it out with the first question, which is, and we're going to use Earth 616 Wolverine. We're rounding I, it out with the first question. It's very interesting. Yeah. I also have to say that X-Men is not my nerd niche. So Earth 616 Wolverine literally means nothing to me. Well, I just want to make the it playing clear field is even here. so that I don't make anyone listening angry like, oh, it's the wrong, wrong year. 
Um, when was Wolverine born? I'm stupid, and I want to say 616 now, and I know that just means like which type, which <laughs> Earth planet, but I really want to say it. Um, no, I'm going to go with uh, 1970, maybe. Okay, so, mm, but tactically, explain busting to me. Is it busting if I go too late? Yes. That's what she said. Oh, okay, I, I'm pretty sure that that Nerd Bomber busted because if if Earth six one if Earth six one six Wolverine is the same Wolverine that I know, it's the Wolverine that was alive for Hiroshima. So I'm gonna say. Oh, that's right. Not I'm gonna say. But I, I want to be safe, so I'm going to say like I'm going to say 1700. That is it's a great answer. Back. It's actually a range. It's somewhere between 1882 and 1885. Okay, so it's a good thing I did. So I good answer. Illegal like, takes it. He could have totally see. So just Ooh. so you guys know where my mentality was, it was literally like, how old was Hugh Jackman in those movies? It didn't like I <laughs> should have thought like, oh yeah, Wolverine doesn't age like the rest of us. But I was just like Hugh Jackman looked like he was maybe in his thirties. Question, yeah. So, mm. all right. So Great now to, in the Wolverine, he in the Wolverine, he 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 the, the Hiroshima part happens and he like fights a nuclear bomb. It's crazy. So now right, to so just I just give you guys leave. a little bit of fun trivia that you don't need to answer. Fun fact. Michael Jackson lobbied for the role of Professor X in the original movie. Really? Yeah. Boy, that is fun. He did not That's get super it. Fun. Needless to say. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like he say. wouldn't have shaved his head for that role. I don't know what he would or would have done. So he wouldn't have needed to. He'd have, been, he'd have been wearing Cerebro the entire time. Are you all familiar with Colossus? Vaguely. To an extent, yes. The guy that's completely metal? Okay, yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, Deadpool. The Deadpool guy. How much can Colossus lift? How much can he weigh? Lift. How much can he lift? Uh, Yeah. um, How much? Boy, I mean, it's got to be a lot. I saw he threw a car in in X3. Uh, Or did he throw the... He might have thrown the Wolverine, actually. I can't remember if he threw a car or the Wolverine. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm just going to say an even 2,500 pounds. 2,500. I'm going to say 5,000. So Nerd Bomber takes it. You guys were severely under. It, it is actually 75 tons. I don't know what that is in pounds. So multiply that by 2,000. It's 2,000, yeah. So so 150,000 pounds. That's a lot of cars. It's a lot. Isn't of a cars. car like a ton, basically? 75 cars. Okay. Well, I, I learned something. So here's another Wolverine one, because I feel like you guys did a little bit better on that one. Yeah, that's, that's our wheelhouse, clearly. <laughs> Wolverine survived for how long trapped inside of a glacier by eating his own flesh and letting it regenerate? What? When did this happen? In the comics. Earth 616. <laughs> it happened in Earth 616. Uh, I just thought okay, it was gross this is, and interesting. Okay, this is really nasty. I am going to say, oh, I don't know if we're talking like weeks or if we're talking like years I'm going to say six months. I'm going to say someone went and like within six months, they were like, oh, we're missing Wolverine. Let's go find him in that ice block. I boy, you know, I think your guess is really good, actually. <sighs> I'm going to say one month. So I think Nerd Bomber's guess is actually really, really good. That was dead on. So good guess there. It's two six to one. Months. You got to uh, rats. You got to come no, back. It's, it's here. one to one. It's one to one. That or was, no, no, she did get the last one. She yeah, didn't bust. I, right. I'm, oh. I'm the one hosting this, remember? Yeah, I'm um, sorry. I'm backseat driving. 
Yeah. You're Mr. Busmaster, not me. Gross. That's that's what, the, that's what they call me. <laughs> okay, so this one is the juggernaut question. And if you're oh, not flat. familiar with the juggernaut, he is Xavier's half-brother. So the big guy that goes, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. And he wears the stone helmet, yeah. So how fast can the juggernaut run? Oh, man, this guy's like a cheetah. Um, yeah, 85 miles per hour. It's fa- he's fast. He's like lightning. I feel like 85 is kind of slow. So I'm going to one-up you, and I'm going to say 125 miles per hour. So I feel like 125 miles per hour is kind of slow. He actually clocks out at 600 miles per hour. Wouldn't his skin melt off? No. You can't even see it. You can't even see him. It's based on the amount of pure muscle mass that he has, his lack of falling momentum, and his super, super heightened stamina. Stamina. All right. All right, Bill Nye. So, like, does he have, um, you know, when everything slows down for the Flash, does he have that kind of thing going on? Or is he just, like, flying blind when he's running super fast? He's, he's just flying blind. He's breaking <laughs> through things. That's his whole thing he is he's a wrecking closed. ball. He's basically Miley Cyrus. Ah! Yeah. He just puts his head down and he just hopes for the best. Yes. Okay, so I, I can't win. Uh, big surprise. Uh, but let's fin- let's finish this out nonetheless. I want to see if I can get a get a point back just just for personal glory. All right, I'll give you another Wolverine one. These are fun. How much does Wolverine weigh? And then for bonus points, you can also tell me his weight without adamantium. Oh, it's a two parter, dude. All right, wait. So okay, wait. If she gets it wrong, and if I get if I get the the question right, and if I get the bonus exactly right, do I win? No. Come on. There's a bonus. This is just for funsies. It's just... Okay, fair enough. Uh, Yeah, you go first. I'm going to say he weighs 800 pounds with the adamantium, and I think he looks like he could be like 250 without. Oh, man. I think you're you're too heavy without the adamantium, but I think you're really close with the adamantium. I I have to go lower. Okay. I'm going to say 400 pounds with the adamantium... And I'm going to say a, a tight 215 without. So both of you busted, but illegal was kind of closer in the right ballpark. So without adamantium, he's a cool 195. See, but he seems oh, like so close. he's busting muscles and all but of the But he's also comments. a short little guy. Is he? Yeah, he's pretty short. I mean, they always have him next to these giant X-Men who are like the size of a house. So, I mean, he I don't think he's that short. I feel like he's got to be like six something. No, he's a little guy. No, Bummer, do you have a crush? Do you have a crush on Hugh Jackman? Can we just, can I get that out in the open? No, I'm, t- I'm talking about even like the comics. In the comic books, he looks like he's busting out, like his muscles are bulging. And that can't be all adamantium muscle. Well, so. Might even call him the bust So the master. people are on the edge of their seats with the adamantium weight. So here's the thing about the adamantium. It basically fuses with his bones and just his bones it's not filling into his veins it's not filling into his muscle tissue etc it's just his bones did you know he's only i just googled this wolverine is only five three in the comic books i told you he's a little guy like, but hugh jackman he's is six guy. three in the movies well the people want to know how much he weighs with adamantium and you guys just are relentless <laughs> sorry <laughs> so, sorry so the adamantium only adds about 105 pounds to his total weight, bringing him up to 300 pounds. 
It's actually not as much. I mean, I suppose like if they, you know, if the movies wanted to be accurate, if they like, if like Wolverine like sat on a bed, they have to like sag it a lot more. You know, like when you watch Logan, he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like sitting on chairs and breaking them, you know? So like it's 300 pounds. Plus adamantium is known for its resilience and strength. It's not known for being this super dense metal. I was kind of hoping that you were going to be like, it was a trick question and like, the adamantium was going to somehow make him lighter. <laughs> like 195 pounds without the adamantium. And with the adamantium, he's actually like a cool 100. No, that's just you know? silly. <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. Maybe if they you replaced know, all the bones out. with adamantium and, and for whatever reason, adamantium is less dense than bone. That'd be the yeah. only way. Yeah, helium. But that's a, that's a lot of work. The next generation adamantium should be injected with helium right in the middle of it. How about that? There's an idea for you, comic book writers. All right. Well, I lost. Uh, big surprise. Um, Nerd Bomber made a big, big stink about not knowing anything about the X-Men. and She emerges victorious. Woo woo. Uh, I mean, even now, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Gross. That's true. Stop yeah, fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't intending it like that, but now uh, I wish I didn't. You busted. <laughs> a, a stopped clock is right twice a day. That's that's the non yeah that works uh, euphemism. So uh, next week you will be hosting the quiz. Uh, we want to thank Ben for that that topic and uh, you know in advance for next week's topic as well. Uh, if you want to help Ben pick the topic, uh, hit us up on Patreon. We already told you the deets for that. Uh, but in the meantime, we thank you guys so much for listening once again. If you liked what you listened to, or even if you didn't, you can head on over to Apple doc Apple dot com. No Apple Podcasts. Is Apple dot com even a website? I'm sure it is. It's got to be. But don't go there. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we'd love to hear from you on Twitter as well. At OWLegal86, at OWTactic, at OWNerdBomber. And uh, until next week, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. Adios. Peace out. Deuces.